Welcome to Balance with Carmen and Ashi, your lifestyle podcast. We're two active mums trying to create balance in our lives. We're here to discuss interesting topics and have some fun along the way. We hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, I speak with Dan Salter. He has been in the coffee industry for over 30 years. He's very knowledgeable and has an extremely interesting podcast about coffee. It is called The Wellbeing Bean. I will link it in the show notes. During today's episode, we do kind of get off topic at some stage. So if you would like to get back to the coffee topic, skip ahead to about 20 minute mark. We do, however, discuss coffee at the start of this episode. Uh, It truly was a chat about coffee over coffee. Thanks for coming over. You're welcome. (laughs) I've written down a few questions just in case I... Hopefully I've got all the answers. (laughs) Yeah, no, right. Sometimes I don't. A funny one I got from a friend was, oh, a coffee guy, ask him if coffee enemas really work. Yeah, they do. (laughs) They do? We do. We roast coffee for coffee enemas. Really? Yeah. And there's a whole thing in that. Like a whole, whole lot. Okay, so why is it effective? So what it does is it it stimulates the pancreas to produce the bile and get rid of the bile. So that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get rid of your system of bile and it stimulates it very, very quickly. So when you're looking at a um, cancer treatment, it's called the – it'll come to me in a minute. But there's a particular cancer treatment which a friend of ours was going through and she came to us and sort of said, oh, do you do light roast coffee? And I sort of said, yeah, I do not much, but I can roast it for you light. I said, how light do you want it? And she said, really light. And I said, oh, that's going to taste like shit. With that, she sort of said, well, it's it's not for drinking, it's for enemas. And so Gershwin, so the Gershwin treatment, um, I think that's how you pronounce it, is uh, a cancer, it's a treatment that is alternative and they use up to seven or eight coffee enemas a day in order to rid your system of all of the bile and and bad toxins so it's yeah it's pretty amazing so So we we changed the whole process with the way they do it because i was interested in it just to see what they were trying to extract from the coffee and when you're when you're dealing with cancer you want to keep alkaline but coffee is acidic so when you heat coffee it becomes acidic so when you're extracting it it comes acidic so um, the other thing too is when you're roasting coffee, you're roasting out all the particles that you want to keep in to make the coffee do what it's meant to do. Yeah. So by changing how we roasted it and changing how we extracted it, it produced a totally different product that was like three times as potent. Well, that's really interesting. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot in there. It's, it's pretty interesting when you start delving down that, that road. And it was because of that we, we supply a company called Bottoms Up Colonics with a particular product for their coffee enemas. Oh. <laughs> Here I was thinking, oh, it might just be a crock of shit. <laughs> no. no, it's a treatment and it's, oh. and it's actually really, really good for you. So. Yeah, because you don't know in this day and age, like, what actually works and what doesn't unless you do research and then you don't really know. Like, I personally don't always know where to go to do the research either because there's so much online. You've got to sift through everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you look at it, I believe in energy, right? So I'm I'm all about energy. If you, if you look at water, people go, water is water. But if you have bad energies around water, if you look at it at a microscopic level or, or sub-microscopy, I don't know how, what the terminology is, but if you go to that real 
base level where you can see the particles in the water, they actually change with different energy around them. So you can, the reason people poo-poo it is because they can't really measure it. And until we can measure those parameters, it doesn't exist. And that's where we, you know, uh, if you look at, and what my partner says all the time is you look at DNA. DNA was a load of baloney until it was measured, until it was actually being able to see it. So when you look at energetics and energy and vibrations, people sort of go, oh, <laughs> but it's, Loopy. Yeah, but it's there, you know, yeah. you know, energetically, you know, you connect with somebody on a level, you go, oh, there's just something there or no, nah, I didn't get a good vibe. I, I spoke to him. I didn't even speak to him. I sat five meters away from him, but immediately something was wrong. I didn't feel comfortable. I personally find that if my energy is a bit negative, a coffee can make it quite positive very quickly. <laughs> is it the coffee or is it the ritual? I think it's the ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's everything that you're doing with coffee or cigarettes or is stimulating you to a point where it's not actually helping you calm, get your center. It's yeah. the ritual that does that. And that could also be addictive if you're turning to stimulants. 100%. So is the ritual. The ritual is addictive. Yeah, like you can't leave the house without going to go get your coffee. No, yeah. it's all a part of your process. And if you're a highly addictive person, anything can become addictive. You know, you, I've always thought about marathon runners and and um, people who do top-level sports where they just they just run and run and run and it takes over their life. It's funny you say that. I've, I've recently become addicted to running. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that addictive personality. You know, I used to smoke. I gave up overnight. I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. Um, you know, I used to drink. I gave that up. I used to drink heavily. Gave that up overnight almost. So it's, you know, I still drink, but I don't have that addictive persona. I think that shows in, in everything that I do. I'm good at what I do, but I don't, I don't get totally. Fixating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. But, and I, you know, I, I love cars. I love rock climbing. I love all these things. I love them, but I don't, I'm not immersed to the point where I know every rock climber or I know every car and every carburetor and, you know, it just doesn't go to that level with me. I'm just, I immerse in it and enjoy it for what it is, but I don't have that addictive personality. You know, coffee's about the closest thing for me. Yeah. But even then, when I look at people that are around me in the industry, they'll go, you know, it, it got me down for a while because... You'd go to a coffee competition and, and do a judging and you'd look at these kids and they'd be there and they'd go, okay, well, we went to Yemen and camped on a mountain and waited for these beans to ripen and we picked these beans and we harvested it and, and processed it ourselves and then brought it back here and freeze-dried it and did all these amazing things to it. And I go, holy fuck, these guys are just so intense <laughs> in what they're doing. And I thought, I'm not really into it. I'm not into coffee. But, <laughs> not like they are. But – how long are they able to keep that up for? Yeah. You know, then it'll be the next thing. Whereas I've been in this industry for 30, 37 years or whatever it is and enjoyed it every every moment. Well, we're getting onto a, a totally different topic. No, but this is good yeah. because I actually needed to hear that because I do, I do have an addictive personality mm -hmm. and like you saying that kind of pointed it out for me that I do move from one thing that I'm addicted to to the next. Why? I, I don't know why. I... I guess like I've recently lost some weight and I found my ability to run. I used to hate it. Now I love it. Mm -hmm. So, but I am getting 
really into it and I don't want to get to the point where I'm addicted as or consuming. Such. Yeah. So what what is it that pushes you that way? What were you doing before? What what did you find that was addictive before? I don't really think that I had anything going. I think it's more like I finally have something. Mm. You you've had recently had kids and you've gone through that process and that's changing. That's a huge change for a woman. Huge change for a man, but in terms of for a woman it's like everything's turned upside down, your body's turned upside down, your your, your whole being is the children. Mm. You've got nothing else. And that's why women do put on weight generally. It's sort of a natural thing. You've got to give the kids everything that you can. And and I think you come very, very last. And, you know, but I think if you've gone from being, being a mum to actually having time and being able to focus on something for yourself and giving to yourself, then that's a great thing. I want to know your backstory. I've listened to your podcast, yep. The Wellbeing Bean. Yep. I love it. And I will definitely link it so sure. listeners can go yep. listen to it and they'll get more detail and in-depth conversation that you have on there. But for my podcast episode, I would like some information too. How did you get into coffee and the whole business of coffee? Where did it all start for you? Okay, it was very much the late 80s. Um, Sydney didn't know what I was doing in life. Had to get have jobs, worked in hospitality. Back then you had to work three jobs in hospitality to make any money to survive. There was one particular cafe that, you know, working in all the cafes, you, you sort of, you learn, you picked up things and that's just the way I, I'm not a, I'm not a reader and I'm not a person who can research. I just do what I do and I watch people and then for me, taste is massive. So I've got a, a very, very effective palate. Like it, it's the things I can taste. It's like, and, and breathe as well. When I breathe in, I used to notice that I, somebody would walk in with a chapstick or a lipstick on and I could smell the cherry lipstick as they moved, came in the door. Wow. And um, scents like fragrances and stuff like that are really strong, really quite unpleasant. Sometimes they're nice when they're soft and they've worn off a bit, but generally um, it's, it's an invasion and that's <laughs> sort of – it affects me for so long. And when I was doing coffee blending and roasting and tasting down in Sydney – I really enjoyed understanding nuances from all the different origins. So what happened was I was in the hospitality industry, working in a cafe. I'd actually gone to a, a small boutique coffee company called Ballaroma and, and sort of said, oh, I'd, I'd love to work with you guys because I'm really interested in coffee. I'm interested. I'm not passionate. I'm interested and I like it. And they sort of, they're only boutique. And back then coffee was just a commodity that you sold. Nobody really knew about it. It was just a product that was sold and, and sales reps came in and checked that you had the right equipment and anything that you wanted, umbrellas and all those sort of things. There was no real push on the, the technique or methodology. And I was taught by one guy. I remember we went to a training session and the guy was amazing. He just knew about coffee and he was passionate. And so I learned a lot from that. And I thought, you know what, this, I'm getting into this. So there was no research. There's no books that you could get out. There was no reference book. You go to the library and there was nothing on coffee. And it was just this thing where you had you had to learn it somehow. So you're almost like osmosis. You know, you had to be in the industry to know what you were talking about. I found myself migrating as a, I was employed as a sales rep, and I said, if you can pay me the same amount as what I get doing my three jobs, 
in cafes and things, then you know, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, well, you get a car, you get a phone, you get your salary, you get holidays, you get to drive around and you know meet people and fuck, that's awesome. Excuse my French. And no juggling three jobs. No juggling three jobs. It's full time and you get you get everything. And I just found myself there was a guy who was the blender and the master blender. So he had this room, big sort of sterile white room with a lab coat and all that sort of thing and he'd be cupping and tasting coffees and I'd find myself in there all the time but then the general manager would see me in there and go, get out go on sell some coffee and I'd go but I want to learn about it and he'd say you don't need to know about coffee just sell it and it was like oh, this is killing me so I hated sales I was put on a sales rep so I'd go into the cafes that we already supplied the ones that weren't doing a very good job and I'd teach them how to make coffee. Oh, there's so much there's so much history here. I'll just sort of I'll keep on track. Well anyway, you started so, in the eighties, so Yeah, yeah. Well that's that's where, you know, when I was working behind the machine, we sort of used to say to everybody, you know, there's there's a three year course in Italy that you have to do to become a barista. And they were like, what's a barista? Is that somebody who works in law? And it's like, no, it's <laughs> yeah. But a barista was a, an Italian term for somebody who worked behind the bar. So you've got a high volume where you can punch out city-level coffees with, you know, 100 kilos a week and you don't skip a beat. You, your coffees are always consistent. But they've always had these barista competitions that were fake. You'd go in and it was in a fake setting and you'd make, you know, five different coffees and the best ones win because the best flavors win. But that's not what a barista is about. A barista is all about connecting with a person talking to them, doing three-minute therapy or $3 therapy, which is somebody comes in, they talk to you, they're in a bad way, you, you chat to them like a barman and resolve their problems or not even resolve their problems, just hear them. And that's that's what a barista is. To me, That's that embodies what a barista is and there's no real competition for that. So they need to send people in to an environment where you're actually punching out 150 coffees an hour and still able to do that. That's what a true barista is. So anyway, <laughs> back to the coffee. Um, you can see I just go all over the place, but um, <laughs> there's a lot there to sort of, as people say, unpack. But I still love what I do and I do it every day. You know, there's times where I go, I don't want to go to work because I just want a break. We've been through the, the, the most massive changes in the last two or three years and trying to adapt and change and pivot and survive through that has been catastrophic mm. for, for so many. I think you did a great thing during COVID with your staff not demanding them to be vaccinated. I have so much respect for you for standing up for what you believe in and you could tell like the amount of people that had your back as well. Mm. It was great. It's not, it wasn't a hard decision to make. It's not my right to ask anybody's information. Yeah. Until it's law, I won't do it. And yeah. because it wasn't law, I couldn't do it. Did you notice an increase in people supporting your business after that? It was definitely an increase um, through social media, a massive increase. Like I think we went from, uh, God, what was it, in terms of following or, or reach, you know, on the social. I'm not big on the social media, but I think our reach was about seven or 8,000 people or maybe 10,000 people. I think that was when we'd be happy with it. And I think we're reaching between 17 and 20 million now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's pretty big. So, yeah, it's a tiny increase. <laughs> yeah, and that was over four days. So it was like, bang, huge. It's certainly the support is there and the the negativity, there wasn't much. 
And I'm, I'm grateful for that because that could have gone a very different way. But I think what we did was we weren't saying what you couldn't, couldn't do. I was just saying I couldn't ask for that information of my staff because it's not legal. Mm. And when I looked at it, it was not a question of I can't discriminate against anyone, whether their, their origin, their uh, sexual orientation, their, any of their choices. I can't discriminate on somebody for those things either. So how can I do that? And, and it really disappointed me that other cafes chose not to, to do that because it, it sort of, there were people that I, I thought very, very highly of. Uh, and it changes your thought processes, I guess. Um, I guess it comes from fear, um, fear of losing business, fear of losing your livelihood, fear of repercussions. But we went in there very clear about where we stood um, and what we were prepared to lose. So Bev and I made a decision very early and we were given really good advice by um, one of our friends who supported us like, like nothing else. And I really don't think we could have done it without her. When you know where your boundaries are with your partner and yourself and there's clarity, it's not a problem because you don't know that you don't think you're overstepping a line. It's That makes it clear. But if you come home and your partner goes, why the f- hell did you do that? You know, you've put everything at risk. Yeah. Very different to so proud of you when you get home, you know, that, that you've done exactly what we stand for. And in that video that went viral where – you had to stand up to people in authority. You were still very much respectful the whole time. And that was really nice to see because there's a lot of videos that did go viral during Mm. COVID and people would not have any respect for people in authority. And I see that even in like America towards Mm. the president and things like that, not to get political, but whether you like that person or not, they're in a place of authority and you need to show respect towards them. I mean, it does come down to how they use their position of authority as well. Correct. But I did notice in the way that you were speaking to the police, like it was still very much respectful. There's a time to bring out the sword and there's a time to work with diplomacy. That's where I think there's a lot of distortion at the moment because they're not balanced in there and they'll just go, fuck it, I'm going to slash everybody, everyone who's around me, I'll just get angry. But it doesn't doesn't address the issue. You know, you're not, you're trying to deal with a cancer, you're not trying to deal with, you know, killing somebody. You want to, you want to just get that tiny little bit out of that spot. Mm. If you use a sword for that, you're going to be in trouble. If you really calculated and know where you stand and your foundation is strong, everybody knows that. And, you know, despite the fact it's your belief might not be somebody else's, the fact that you stand up and own that in a, in a, in a beautiful way gives you clarity to those people. And, and if they want to fall by the wayside, then that's fine. But the ones that support you will really support you. And when you come across the guys that are distorted in the way that they carry on, you know, throwing beer bottles at police and, and you know, doing the wrong thing, or the other way, which is like there's nothing I can do, I'm just going to sit down, I don't agree with it, but what can I do? That's being not balanced as well. So you've got these two sides. What will bring you more support and um, clarity from other people and people to join you is to for them to understand exactly what you're about and know that you're balanced in what you choose to do. People aren't afraid of that. They're afraid of somebody who 
who's going to come in with a broadsword and slash at everything because you get caught in the way. I don't believe that somebody can really judge you for being strong in your convictions, mm. even though they may be wrong. They may be perceived to be wrong, but that's perspective. Yeah, at least you're standing up for something yeah. that you believe yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, where are we going? Yeah, right. <laughs> this is not coffee. <laughs> yeah. You have an episode on your podcast where you discuss the science behind coffee mm-hmm. as well as the health benefits. Yep. Now that's a big topic. Yeah, it's massive. There's this constant pendulum swing with coffee. It's great. It's fantastic. It does all these good things. It lowers your, you know, lowers your cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a next day, there's an article that comes out that says, yeah, you know, blood pressure goes up, all these sort of things that are bad for coffee. You've got to understand that coffee has so many components to it. And there's, there's the, um, what they call the uh, polyphenols, which are the building blocks of antioxidants, are massive in coffee. Really, 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 really high. So if you want anti-cancer-fighting goodies, coffee and green tea are probably the highest things that you can you can drink. Now, green tea has caffeine in it, so you don't get too many bad stories about green tea because it's this beautiful thing and it's really good for you, but it's not too far from what coffee is. Um, so if you take the caffeine out of coffee, that's freaking awesome. But what happens then is you've got coffee with a chemical that's been, that strips the caffeine out of it most of the time. So decaf coffee is generally, it is better for you, but it's, there's, there's always a residual of that, that chemical, with this, which is ethyl acetate. They, they use ethyl acetate, which is, and they call the, the decaf coffee now naturally decafed, even though they're using a synthesized chemical. When we go back to that energy and, and things like that. So if you're synthesizing a product, it's not natural. As far as I'm concerned. So this is when you remove the caffeine yeah. from coffee. And wasn't there two different ways to do that? Mm-hmm. Like there's the water. Yep. Yep. There's a couple. Um, there's one called the um, Swiss water process. So that's the one to go for because if you're using that one, it means that you've got no chemicals in the process at all. So what you're getting is the polyphenol benefits of coffee without the caffeine, which is the bad side of the coffee. Caffeine is good for some things medicinally, um, and that's when we were talking about the, the um, coffee enemas and stuff like that. It depends what you're trying to achieve. On a day-to-day level, if you have a coffee every more than every three days, you're on an addictive cycle. So one coffee... Every three days, you're on an addictive cycle. Well, I sometimes have two a day. <laughs> so, but most that's that's normal, and people go, oh, no, "I'm not addicted to coffee." But you, deep down, you kind of are. You might not have this massive headache or things like that, but there will be a yearning and a draw to that coffee, and a desire to have that coffee more than the, the ritual. So mm-hmm. it's more. I, I feel like a coffee today, and you're going to hit that two o'clock slump, like it'll love it. It's it's going to happen. So, yeah, in regards to, to coffee and, and the chemistry and, and those sort of things, it can be beneficial in both ways, whether caffeinated or decaffeinated, but also choose what you're, you're drinking. Like, don't, don't go for the chemically stripped coffees or the natural, you know, in, in inverted commas, natural decaffeinated. Always go for a water decaffeinated. So what we do is we have a product called Free Caff, and Free Caff is what I'm drinking right now. It's sourced from organic 
coffee companies, so that certified organic coffee companies, so that we don't touch anything that's not organic to start off with. That then goes through a water process, so the only thing that comes in contact with that organic coffee is water, and then it's delivered to us. And then when it's delivered to us, we roast in a coffee roaster that hasn't had any chemicals in it at all. You know, we use only organic coffees. So the benefit there is organic. You just have no pesticides, no contact with pesticides and things like that, which stop you from absorbing food. So does caffeine. So if you're drinking caffeine, you're going into fight and flight. What happens with fight and flight is your body doesn't want to absorb any food. It says, fuck that, I'm going to for a run. So you don't absorb what you need to absorb. Same thing happens with um, pretty much all of our wheats and uh, that we've got in Australia because they use um, Roundup or glyphosate. So in using glyphosate, what happens is that is in the wheat, bread is made, you eat the bread, and your body doesn't want to absorb or digest that product because it's it wrecks your capacity to absorb. So a, a great quote that a guy called Don Chisholm said was, we used to be what we eat, but now we're not. We're what we absorb. Two totally different things. Everything passes through us. We don't absorb it. We don't break it down. We don't chew it properly. We don't, you know. So actually our health has a lot to do with the things that we're eating. Now, if you eat pasta from overseas, Italy or France or somewhere like that, you'll find that you don't have the gluten intolerance that you normally have. You don't get bloated and farty and, you know, uncomfortable because they don't have glyphosate. They're not allowed to use it. Whereas here we just spray the heck out of our produce and then our animals eat it, <laughs> animals eat it, then we, it just goes down the line. There's just so much to think about and that's why we're organic, an organic coffee company. We do everything that we can in order to provide a product that is the best we can. The, the thing that we shouldn't have to do is put organic, certified organic. We should be able to say this is how food should be. We should have labels on everything that's toxic. So anything, any food that's been sprayed, anything that's that's got uh, genetically modified, any of those things should have a label on it rather than us having to fight to say you need to put it certified organic on there. It's only because we're the minority. So free calf. Okay, yep. Yeah, let's go back to free calf because yep. you mentioned it before and yep. I know that's quite big for your business. So Well, it's not a massive part of the business but it will be. When you look at the coffee industry, every aspect of coffee has been exploited so far. You know, you look at Fair Trade, Rainforest Alliance, all these different avenues of coffee. But the one thing that hasn't even been looked at was, was decaf. Uh, you know, a few people dabbled, dabbled in it. So what we did is we came up with a concept which was caffeine-free, um, chemical-free, full-flavoured coffee that you can't even pick from a normal coffee. Now... We had to prove that. So what we did was we put uh, three of our caffeine-free coffees, our free calf coffees, into the golden bean coffee roasting competition. We didn't tell them that it was caffeine-free. We got bronze awards. So they didn't know that it was caffeine-free. So, And we still haven't mentioned it really. We haven't made a big deal out of it because that was just before COVID. And so we haven't really publicised it or anything like that. But the, the reason why that's important is because we were talking about the importance of the ritual or the addictiveness of the ritual, and we also talked about the addictiveness of coffee. If you can understand how addictive coffee is and how it affects you, so we're all running on adrenal fatigue, we're all getting anxieties, 
Vitamin B deficiency is caused by caffeine, so it strips you of vitamin B. Um, your ability to absorb food, all those sort of things affect you mentally. If you don't have your furnace running right, it's, you're not going to be right. So if if I – and what I kind of did was if I'm happy with the coffee, I should be able to go for two weeks. Now, coffee's never affected me. I can have a coffee at 10 o'clock at night and go to sleep. It's never been a problem. So what I did was I did 10 days. I said I was going to do 14 days to see how the coffee affected me and see whether having free calf and the availability of free calf, I can drink five to eight coffees a day, doubles, which is what I normally have, and still come out at the end of the day not feeling, oh, God, I need to change back to, to coffee. Not for the reason of the caffeine, but for the reason of I'm missing the flavour. And that's the most important thing because there's nothing like coffee. Green tea is not like coffee. Chai is not like coffee. Hot chocolate is not like coffee. You can't replace coffee with anything else and actually get that same buzz, mm. same feel, you know, that deep breath, absorption. Oh, my God, I'm in the right place right now. Mm. Now, it, it, the caffeine takes four minutes to hit your system. So the moment you have that coffee and your your whole body is relaxed into that feeling, that's not my caffeine. That's the ritual and that moment of pleasure, of flavour and knowing that you're okay. Everything's all right. You've got a coffee. <laughs> got my right? coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I did was I did 14 days off and went cold turkey. Again, not, not a highly addictive person, so just went on it. Uh, day one, that was fun, telling everybody I was going to do, you know, without coffee for 14 days and everybody ribbing me and telling me I'm not a really real coffee person and blah, blah, blah. It was a little bit hard. I was drained, I was tired, I was getting lethargic, I was still sort of a little bit snappy. Um, but it got around to about day six or seven and that started to change. You know, my energy started coming back. I didn't start to get tired at about two o'clock. I didn't need that two o'clock coffee. Um, then day ten, I think it was, um, I remember going to sleep with my hand on my chest both hands on my chest, lying in bed on my back. And I move around a lot in my sleep. I've got, you know, I had spinal surgery and all sorts of things, so I'm always moving around. I woke up in the same position and I went, holy dooly, that is such a different sleep. And then I kept sleeping like that. And then I got to day 14. By that time, my reactive nature had gone like my ability to make choices was clearer. My um, just everything does was it, just. Does it affect your? Is it the prefrontal cortex oh, for decision making? Is that the one? It probably affects all your brain. Um, I don't know, but you'd have to talk to Delia McCabe, McCabe who's a neuroscientist that I interviewed on on uh, my podcast. She's I'll, incredible. I'll listen incredible. to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just one of those moments where I went on day fourteen. I went because I could have gone back to coffee, and I went, I'm not missing it. I love the coffee I'm drinking, and I haven't drunk caffeinated coffee in three and a half years, so I just don't need it. I drink, I, I look, I've always got a coffee in my hands, but it's not caffeinated. Mm. So we've got the choice of uh, single-origin coffees, which this is the thing, when you've got a choice of three or four different coffees to choose from that have no caffeine, and you're sourcing single origins that are, that are great. There's only 2% variance in the coffee 
from origin, so we're talking about where it was grown and processed, once it goes through that process of um, caffeine removal that we have, it only loses 2% of its original flavour. So it's not enough to go, oh, my God, that's shit coffee. Mm. So as long as we're roasting it and looking after it right and nurturing that product, you can lose 10% in the roasting easy. We're just producing something that's of, of equal quality and flavour profile so that you don't even notice the caffeine's missing. And we do it to customers. They, they, any, some of them that come in and have three or four a day, I'll sometimes slip a couple in and sort of go, how was the, how was the coffee the other day? And they'll go, good, why? I'll go, mm, you had caffeine. Oh, no, you didn't give me that stuff, did you? <laughs> did you notice it? No. I was well, about to ask, is my coffee that you gave me today free caff? No, it's not. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you, apparently. <laughs> wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't really know the difference. I you have wouldn't. had it and it's really mm, good. Yeah. It does make a big difference. It makes you go, able to test your food better, your sleeping pattern better, your ability to make decisions, um, reactive nature slows you down with that, that moment of when you're going to make the wrong decision. It slows you down a little bit to go, you know what, I'll give it a second. Not just go bang, fly off the handle. Are you sure um, you're not spiking it with the relaxant as well? <laughs> Sedative. Yeah. It's full of CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's the other thing too. I took CBD oil to, to not have headaches. So it wasn't the THC one. But uh, I remember that, that there were certainly headaches present, but they were a dull back of my mind. Yeah, so that's free care. I think people do get addicted to coffee. Like I myself definitely am addicted to coffee and I might give it a go changing to free calf and doing a good month cleanse yeah do you know what that's a beautiful thing you can have your black coffee strong black coffee while you're doing a detox Mm. decaf has come such a long way too Mm. i remember in milk alternative milk options as well because about 10 years ago i tried almond milk and i had a bad almond milk it was watery and it tasted like like bath water or something and i dissed it ever since foot scrapings Mm. yeah shave off your heel day. (laughs) 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 and um yes i changed i've never touched it again and now i drink oat milk almond milk well oats the new one oats really taken off it was soy for a long time you know when they introduced skim milk i remember skim milk to the cappuccinos it's like oh my god two milks now we've got like eight <laughs> so it's so different i never thought i'd be a milk snob but i think i might be mm. because i'll go do you have oat or almond and then i'll actually ask what brand yeah but in so, my defense huge difference between brands too. oh yes uh, yeah iced oat milk cold brew with a little bit of coconut sugar it's gold i'll give that a go day. yeah that's really really good now tell me about, there's a part in your podcast that I heard that stood out to me. It's the Katy Perry drink. Mm. And you explained the benefits, I think it was with the acidity level when it comes to cold press. Yep. Can you go into that a little bit, Yeah, absolutely. Please? So cold brew coffee is generally done over 12 hours with coarser grind coffee filtered and you only apply cold water to it. So it's not using hot water. So your acid levels, when you apply hot water to the coffee, it comes out with a higher acid level than if you applied cold water to it. So it's about, I mean, the guys from Toddy said it was about 70, 70% less acidity in the coffee. And that's where I was talking to you about the, the coffee enemas. It's because we did something a bit different with the extraction process for coffee enemas. But getting back to drinking coffee, not the other coffee, <laughs> it's the other end. Um, 
Yeah, you you have to roast your coffee differently, um, and it creates sort of like a darker. I find a darker roast with with um, sort of more body to it carries through a lot better. But it's gentler. It's really clean. So a cold brew coffee is kind of like a um, like a drip filter without the sharpness. So Katy Perry, we had people, a lot of people coming in from the gyms around because we've got a lot of gyms in Ormo. And uh, that's one thing we do not need more of in Ormo. No, but you know that's everybody's looking after themselves. So that's that's a good thing. It's got to be a good thing. (laughs) So we had a lot of gym people coming in. They're saying, "Oh, can I have a long black with?" Um, just half strength and all these sort of things to make it more palatable. And so I just went, well, let's do try the cold brew heated on the steam arm and then just add hot water to it. So cold brew has higher levels of caffeine because of the level, the time of contact that it has with the water. So even though it tastes milder, it gives you more caffeine. It was cold brew served hot. So it was hot and it was cold. So it was Katy Perry. And that's how that came about. So we sell a lot of Katy Perry's. I mean, we've got a button at the shop because it's just so popular. So Very um, I hope we don't have to pay royalties on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's spelt differently, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It it's totally not that is. sort of Katy Perry. No. It's not hot. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's, <laughs> it's it, lukewarm. Yeah, it's just <laughs> lukewarm Katy Perry. Not the hot one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the Katy Perry. So um, great because it's it's gentle. Uh, low in acid so it doesn't make your stomach churn and that's another thing a lot of people sort of go oh I can't drink coffee anymore because my stomach churns it gets all funny and, and I feel it's not usually the caffeine it's usually the acid levels and so if you change to cold brew and then you're just a clean cold brew then you'll find that you won't have that stomach churning sort of feeling and there'd be a lot of health benefits in having a less acidic drink i would assume as well 100 percent. a lot of people are looking for that what is it um More ph neutral yeah. you know trying to keep alkaline so doing everything they can having a coffee every day is not going to help that a hot coffee mm-hmm. but a hot katie perry that's all along the better way yeah that's so good mm. i was going to say something else about that but it just escaped my head well i mean with the katie perry and the and the enema coffee i mean that's something that by roasting the coffee differently we got more of the what we call the soluble solids in the coffee um so more particles in the coffee and then by by brewing it in cold water then it's not acidic and when you're dealing with cancer you want to go for the least acidic as possible and that's that's what that does so you're getting exactly what you need which is caffeine to stimulate the pancreas and the the organs to do what they need to do to get rid of the bile and all of the the bad products and then the the caffeine works that magic and then you're also using a low low acid product so you don't get the cramping and things like that that you normally get from a coffee animal so would that be why sometimes when people drink a coffee and they feel the need to go to the bathroom I mean, is oh, that it's a diuretic? Any... Yeah, yes, it activates everything. It just goes like, yeah, let's go, <laughs> get everything out, release. And would that Purge. be because it, the caffeine affects the pancreas? Is yeah. that everything? Yeah, yeah, it affects all your organs. It's insane to know how much your gut affects everything. I had another guest on Jamie Lee, and we were talking about nutrition and yeah. just the connection between your mental health and your gut health. It's two brains, yeah. Mm. And it's a balancing act because if one's out, everything mm. else will be out yeah, as well. Yeah, you feel yucky in the tummy. Yeah. 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 
Wow. This has been a great chat. Mm. I it's not so much about coffee the whole time, no. but it was over coffee. Yeah, so. it was definitely over coffee. <laughs> yeah. So it's been lovely. I mean, I, I really enjoy talking about it. It's hard to pin me down on one topic. I kind of go all over the place. So it's, if people get something out of it, don't try to edit it. I think you just got to put press play. I on. know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was um, thinking that as we were talking. I'm like, yeah, this is just going to go out there the way it is. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think that's going to be way too hard to edit and put it, repaste things in the right spot. But that's just my way my brain works anyway. We'll so. just put a disclaimer, get your coffee ready. Yeah, sit down, relax and enjoy the coffee. Well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To stay updated and get involved in upcoming episodes, make sure to follow our social media linked in the show notes. And this is your daily reminder to stay active and to keep showing up for yourself. Until next time.